This podcast is brought to you by Cohen Tire. This is the Observer Reporter High School Football Podcast. It's now or never for a lot of local high school teams. Welcome to the Observer Reporter High School Football Preview Show, sponsored by Cohen Tire Company of Washington. I am sports editor Chris Dugan. With me again this week, colleagues Luke Campbell and Joe Toscano. We're going to talk about the final week of the regular season, guys. There's already 11 teams out of the 22. Half of the local teams in the OR's coverage area have clinched playoff bursts. Let's run those down. In 6A, Peters Township clinched last week with a win over Cannon McMillan. That was an impressive win by the uh, Indians, and they are back in the playoffs. In 4A, we have South Bayette and Bell Vernon have already clinched playoff bursts. Bell Vernon is the champion of the Big Nine Conference. In Class 2A, there's Washington, Charleroi, Burgettstown, Best Center. Those four teams have clinched, and they're going to finish that way in the uh, standings, the seeding one through four. In Class A, we know that uh, California and Carmichael's have been in for a long time. Fort Cherry is in, as is West Green. There's still one spot out of the Tri-County South up for grabs. There are six local teams that still cling to a chance to make the playoffs. Let's go through them. One spot will be decided by a game played on the field behind us here at Windswept Hiller Field. That is Ringgold at Trinity Friday night. Trinity has the inside track on the uh, playoff spot out of the Big Nine. Ringgold needs a little bit of help. It has to beat Trinity to get in the playoffs. Um, in 3A, McGuffey, which will be going to Derry. That will be a tough game. Uh, McGuffey can get the wild card in AAA, but must win at Derry. And double-A, Bentworth, believe it or not, can still make the playoffs. Uh, the Bearcats can get in as a wild card in double-A. They don't even play a conference game this week. <laughs> and in Class A, Jefferson Morgan or Manesson will get the final spot out of Tri-County South, and that will depend on the outcome of games this weekend. Jeff Morgan has a, a game, and... Manesson will play Mapletown. Mapletown can tie Manesson by winning that, but won't win the tiebreaker because it lost to Jeff Morgan. So let's look at some of these uh, uh, big games for this weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a half dozen games. One of them is uh, Trinity and Ringgold. You'll hear from Trinity coach John Miller in a few moments about the Hillers game against the Rams. But let's start in the other uh, 4A conference, the Northwest 9 conference. South Fayette is unbeaten, 7-0 in the conference, 9-0 overall. And the Lions are on the road at Montour, which is 6-1 in the conference, 7-1 overall. The conference championship is on the line. South Fayette can win it outright by beating Montour. It's great when you have these games at the very end of the season because you know what you're getting on both sides. I mean, South Fayette, they haven't lost a game since October 20, a regular season game. Since October 21st, 2011. Yeah, South Fayette will be trying for its sixth consecutive undefeated regular season. That's mind-boggling. Six in a row. And, and then you, you deal with the team with Montour, who has been constantly, it seems like, down at Heinz Field. And they, their program under Lucero has been, you know, one of the tops in whatever classification they fall in over these yeah, past and, couple and of Montour years. Yeah, and Montour is playing well. It won five games in a row. They're, it's not a pushover. It's not going to be a cakewalk for South Fayette. And, and the great thing about both of these teams is South Fayette can pass and run the ball. Same with Montour. I mean, they both have kind of dual-threat quarterbacks. South Fayette quarterback Drew Saxton doesn't necessarily like to run. He's been 
pretty much doing it all, all with his arm. I mean, 114 of 178 this year, almost 2,000 passing yards, 24 touchdowns. So he's been able to do it a lot with his arm, and, and Coach Joe Rossi doesn't like for him to run. Um, but Montour, they use that, that same spread look that South Fayette does, but it's more of an option attack. Yeah, now uh, you mentioned Drew Sexton, 1861 passing. He's completed 64% of his passes. That's amazing. And here's another stat that I like. Drew Saxton has thrown a touchdown pass in 19 consecutive games. That's mind-boggling. And to think that most of those games he's out at half. Yes, yes. <laughs> and most of those touchdown passes have come within the first minute of the game. <laughs> exactly. Which comes first each week? Is it South Fayette scores a touchdown or Ed Dalton that McGuffey calls the timeout? It's close. <laughs> it is very close. Okay. Um, Montour, we mentioned that Montour has won five in a row. Uh, their quarterback has uh, over 1,100 yards passing and 400 yards rushing, 12 touchdowns. He's a dual-threat guy that's going to challenge South Fayette's defense. South Fayette's played very well in the defensive end, but this will be a, a true test for South Fayette. Good warm-up for the playoffs. And what's crazy about South Fayette's defense, they've done it with a lot of new starters on that side of the ball. Eight of the 11 are new starters on, on the defensive side. Another big 4A game is in the Big Nine Conference. Be played right here. Ringle will be at Trinity. Ringle comes in at three and four in the conference. Trinity's four and three. Trinity and West Mifflin are tied for third place right now. West Mifflin has a tough game at TJ. Let's let's just go out on a limb here. <laughs> Say TJ beats West Mifflin. That's expected. So Trinity with a win here can finish third in the in the conference. But it's it Trinity Ringle games are always competitive, and they always seem to have a playoff berth on the line for the, for the winner. So this this won't be an easy game. It won't be an easy game, but one thing that Trinity has done better than a lot of the years uh, previously is they've beaten teams they've needed to have beaten. In the five games that they were considered favorites to win, they beat those teams by an average of about 34.8 points in the games that they were considered favorites. So that's not only you know beating the teams you need to beat, but that's beating them pretty handedly. Yeah, yeah, they crushed Albert Gallatin here two weeks ago, and that was a really good performance. Then they went on the road last week and beat Greensburg-Salem. It's probably their best game of the year, at least you know when you put how much importance was in that game on the line. And then they just dominated from the start against Greensburg-Salem. And the uh, game seems to be a, a showcase of uh, Trinity's Joey Caroli and uh, Brennan Small from Ringgold, two of the better running backs in our area. And I always like those kind of games because not only are they fast, but they also demand that your defense tackles well. And if you've got a strong defense, you can you can stop the running game, you can win. Yeah, now, Brendan Small's a very good running back for Ringle, but they have some balance in their offense. Now, they've thrown for 344 yards over the last two weeks. Max Majeski has 33 catches. He didn't play the first two weeks right. of the season because of an injury. He's a really good player, a uh, difference maker, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see which team, I, I would think whoever controls the ball more is going to win that game. And, and we can't mention Ringo without mentioning kind of the off-the-field distractions, everything's going on there, and now newly basically the teacher strike. So they're not going to school, and they're, they're practicing <laughs> in the afternoons. And it's that, all football. And that them. actually happened when I was in high school. Our teachers went on strike. Um, and, and it's different. I mean, it's a different concept because your practice times change a little bit. I mean, you try to keep everything almost kind of similar, but, but it does change when you're not in school. You have that routine that you've built up for six, seven weeks, and now that routine's kind of gone. So it makes it, makes it a little bit different. 
let's go over the playoff scenario there. Trinity wins, the Hillers are in. For Ringle to get in, Ringle must win, and there's one other thing that must happen. A winless Uniontown team has to beat Greensburg-Salem. It's a long shot, but you never know. Greensburg-Salem has kind of been sputtering here for the last few weeks. If uh, Uniontown's going to win a game, this might be it. Uh, we had a chance to talk to John Miller, the head coach at Trinity, a little bit about his team and the upcoming game against Ringgold. Let's hear what he had to say. We're here with John Miller, the head football coach at Trinity High School. John, you have the Hillers right on the edge, right on the cusp of a playoff spot. And after an 0-2 start against a couple of pretty good teams on the road, you guys have played really good football over the last month and a half. What has been working for this team? Well, I don't think the kids uh, ever ever lost faith or belief in what we were trying to do and what we were trying to accomplish. And, and, and when you look back at the first two losses, it came down to just little things, protecting the football. And you can't turn the ball over on the road, and we talked about it. And, and since those two games, um, I think we've done an excellent job of protecting the football and, and, and focusing in on practice and, and changing some things to make sure that, that we're not doing the we're, we're not doing the, the, the turnovers and, and practice, and I don't think they've happened, and, and uh, that's really helped us move along. John, you're this close to a playoff berth now, and started the year uh, with Dylan Kern coming back, a quarterback. Everybody knew about him, experienced quarterback, good arm, good passer. You had Joey Caroli coming back. He's now a 4,000-yard rusher for his career. You had Ben Phillips. Phyllis, who is a Division I recruit in the Mid-American Conference, back on the offensive line. That gave you three good starting points. But to get where you are now, I'm sure that there were some other guys other than those three who have raised their level of play this yeah, year. We have a lot of underrated football players in this team that have done a great job for us, not just this year, but in the last year as well. Um, Tanner Hudak, one of our captains, is a phenomenal fullback. Uh, linebacker, running back. When Joey needs a blow, we put him in a tailback, and he, he makes plays for us in the passing game, running game. Does a great job as a hybrid on defense. Um, Will Edgar, another one of our captains, um, is a two-year starter as a guard and on a defensive line. Just a tough, hard-nosed kid who's, who's physical up front and has that enthusiasm keeps the kids going through practice and games. Jared Rice is, has done a phenomenal job on the defensive line this year, something we weren't really expecting. And you also have a kid at Zane Stock. I'm bringing up all of our linemen because, you know, you can't have a whole lot of success in this game if you're not good up front. And we've been really good, blessed to be uh, good up front this year with those guys. And Brendan Allen, as the other guard, is, has come a long way. Um, and then the secondary, a kid like Cole Bear, who's, who's popped out of nowhere as a junior, making plays on offense and defense. I think he's at seven touchdowns as a wide receiver this year, which is pretty impressive um, in our conference. And, and you know, Dawson Mary has been strong as a corner or as a uh, wide receiver, excuse me. and um, you know We just have a lot of kids that do a great job for us in, in filling those spots and being able to get a, a Jared Embert back who was injured last year to play linebacker. Um, he's just another one of those kids that will go out there and fight for us. And A.J. Marr has been solid as, a, as our Mike linebacker and our tight end for two years now. What's the mentality been these last three or four weeks where you guys have been in playoff mode? I mean, you, you've had to win these games to make it into the playoffs, and you guys have done exactly that. You know, I, this group of uh, seniors, you know, they're 15 strong, and, and they've been together. And, and a lot of them are going to be three-year starters or three-year letter winners at least. Um, a couple of them just two-year starters. But uh, they've had that mentality. This is what they want to do. They want to get in the playoffs, and, and they've practiced like veterans, and they've played like veterans. And, and that, I think that's how you win. That's how you win uh, high school football. And 
veteran leadership, and they've done a phenomenal job of doing that. John, Ringle comes into this stadium at Hiller Field, final game of the regular season Friday night. Ringle still has a chance to get into the postseason. They need a little bit of help. They have to take care of business here. What kind of problems does Ringle present for Trinity? Brennan Small. He's one of the better uh, athletes and running backs in our conference. And the, the kid can make plays on his own. Um, he's tough. He's, he's, a, he's a really good athlete. And, and uh, Max Majeski, um, big, tall receiver, caused problems. You know, with those two, if we can slow those two down, I think we'll – It'll go a long way towards victory for us, um, and, you know. And, and they like to play against us. It's, let's be and honest; it, it's, it's it, one it of those. Seem, seems like every year a playoff berth is on the line with Trinity and Ringle. Yeah, and, and so you know that adds a little intrigue to the game. Um, but our kids are ready. You know, this is this is our last game on this field for these seniors, and, and, and that's a little bit of excitement for them, and, and a little bit of pride to come out here and prove something. Other than pride, tell me a little bit about the importance of maybe getting a number three seed versus a number four seed, kind of where you're sitting at now. I mean, if you win and West Mifflin loses uh, and they play TJ, so there's a, there's a chance of that surely happening. How important is it and how much difference does it make maybe come week one of playoffs? You know, that is important. You want to continue to win, first and foremost, um, going into the playoffs. I think you need that momentum. Um, it also helps to be a three seed and get a little better higher seed in the, in the, in the, in the tournament. Um, but the bottom line, too, is Trini hasn't seen so many teams that have won six games or more. Uh, and it would be nice to sit, make, make, set that mark for, for these kids. And, you know, they've worked hard for the last three years. And, um, I, I think that's something sitting in the back of their head to be one of those better teams that come out of Trinity. Okay, John, thanks a lot for your time. Remember, it's Ringled at Trinity Friday night. Hiller Field kickoff is 7.30 p.m. Thanks. Thanks, John. Thank you, John. Okay. Let's take a look at some other games with playoff implications that will be coming up Friday night. Let's go to Class 3A. McGuffey will be at Derry. McGuffey is 4-2 in the conference. Derry is 5-1. McGuffey can still earn a wild card in AAA, but playing at Derry, that's, that's going to be a tough game for the Hillers. Derry, 5-1, 8-1 on the season. They've only given up 16 points in their, in their last five games. Yeah, in their, in their seven-game winning streak, Derry hasn't given up more than eight points in a game. And, and McGuffey's a one-trick pony team on offense. They're going to run the ball probably yeah. 40, 50 times yeah. a game. And so. here, here's the magic number for McGuffey. Scored, um, scored 22 points. McGuffey is 0-3 when they score fewer than 22 points. And that's, that's a tough task against Derry's uh, defense. And one of the things that happened last week with McGuffey is they had a couple of returns, one by Christian Clutter for a touchdown, and they had another one called back for a touchdown. So if they're able to get those kind of uh, big plays, big out, of plays out of the special teams like that, that, that can turn the game. Uh, let's look a little bit at double-A now. Uh, Washington has already wrapped up first place in the Century Conference, but the Prexies are trying for their fourth consecutive undefeated regular season. And we talked about South Fayette streak. Well, Washington's is really good, too. Four straight unbeaten regular seasons if the Prexies win at best center Friday night. Best center comes in at seven and two. Uh, Wash High is really on a roll right now. They just they absolutely handled Burgettstown last week. We thought that would be the game of the year, and the Prexies won. What was it, thirty-three to nothing? Yeah, it was. It wasn't the game of the year. Let's just put it. That, <laughs> let's just put it that way. Out of the out of Burgettstown. Well, it was a good game for a half. It was seven nothing. It was. Half yeah, but even even in the first half, I mean, Washington 
controlled that game, but it shot itself in the foot. Um, it seems like we, we kind of mentioned this a lot with, with Washington. They had 10 penalties, 110 yards. Um, and and that, that, that kills an offense with as much talent as they have. Uh, transfer Dan Walker on the other side of the offense um, at wide receiver with Isaiah Schoonmaker. I mean, those two present problems for any yeah. defense, and then that only opens up the running game for Washington. Yeah, let's look at some of these numbers for uh, Wash High. You mentioned Walker. He has he's played in four games, has 17 catches in those four games. He has a touchdown in every one of those games. Isaiah Schoonmaker, we know what he can do on defense as a linebacker, but as a wide receiver, he has 21 receptions this year, 10 of those or for touchdowns. Almost every other catch is a touchdown. Oh yeah, two receptions for 115 yards and two touchdowns in this past game. And I think they've got to get the ball into his hands, especially in the postseason, if, if they're going to be successful. Well, yeah, you're, you're going to have to throw it in the postseason. But Nick Welsh is a good place to start, though, with the running back. He has over 1,300 yards and 18 touchdowns. And now we're not even talking about him because <laughs> Zach Swartz, the quarterback, has made this offense uh, multi-dimensional. The last four games, Zach has 896 passing yards and 12 touchdowns. He's completing 59% of his passes for the season. That's that's good. And I talked to him after the game. He was actually one of, one of the guys I wanted to talk to because I, I saw him the first game of the year. It was his first time ever starting. Uh, he's a sophomore, so he's a young kid. When you have talent around you, it makes it just makes you beam with even more confidence. I mean, if you, you're throwing the ball to Schoonmaker and Walker and you have Nick Welsh in the backfield, along with probably the biggest offensive line in class double A, it makes things a lot easier. And, and his progression throughout the year has just been, it's been so transcending to watch him from that first game against Charleroi all the way to Burgettstown, both games I was at. And it was just like a completely different quarterback yeah. out there. And don't overlook the Wash High defense. Everybody talks about the offense. The defense is very good. No, no team has rushed for more than 87 yards against Wash High in a the game. They shut out Burgettstown last week. Burgettstown was averaging 39 points a game. Wash High goes to best center this week. Best center comes in averaging 38.2 points per game. Uh, they put up 44 last week in that shootout against Charleroi that they lost 49-44. Got stopped at the two-yard line on the last play of the game. That was a little unsettling, I thought, for best center. I mean, it Obviously, you know, you want to win the game, but I, th I thought that the, allowing that many points they exposed them in some, some places that, uh, you know, you can attack, and especially in the secondary. That, that game had a bizarre ending. Luke, I don't know if you, you heard the details of it, but uh, Charlie Roy had the ball deep in their own end trying to run out the clock. The best center used its timeouts to stop the clock. So Charlie Roy wanted to take in intentional safety because it would not affect the, uh, their lead. Gino Pellegrini, the quarterback, runs back into the end zone, take the safety, got chased out of the end zone, and got tackled at the four-yard line. That was on fourth down. So best center gets the ball down 49-44 at the four-yard line with one play. Enough time for one play. They gave it to Dominic Fundy. He gets stopped at the two-yard line. So kudos to the Charleroi defense. Gave up 44 <laughs> points, but they won the game with the stop on the final play. Uh, some other games we wanted to talk about. Class A. Um, one spot left in the Tri-County South. It's either going to be Jefferson Morgan or Manesson. It's going to be decided by the Manesson game against Mapletown. Um, both teams come in with one win in the conference and can still make the playoffs. Yeah. 
Mapletown can't, but can tie for that spot. If Mapletown wins, Jefferson Morgan will go to the playoffs. If Manesson wins, Manesson will get the spot because tiebreaker advantage over Jeff Morgan at one head-to-head, 14-12 over the Rockets back in early September. But it's amazing that these teams make the playoffs. Manesson has one win in the conference and can still get in because of a large field and Class A, 16 teams. Six and seven losses overall, and these teams are still on the hunt, and they only have one or two wins, like you were mentioning. And that, that loss last week against Avella, and, and who would have thought? Yeah, who would have thought that Avella would throw a monkey wrench into the playoff? <laughs> but they did, second Kurt year Bruner in a row. Kurt would have thought that. <laughs> second year in a row that they, they've defeated Manesson. So, I mean, they must have their number, and that really throws, like you said, a monkey wrench into what's going to happen in, in Class A as to who gets that last spot. Yeah, if you're wondering, I... I Talked to George Message, the head coach at uh, Mapletown this morning. I asked him about Dylan Rush, his running back, who was leading the Whippeal in rushing as of two weeks ago, but has set out the last two games. George said he doesn't think that Dylan Rush will be uh, medically cleared to play this weekend, but there's still a possibility. I guess Dylan Rush was seeing a doctor on uh, Tuesday morning and would find out more then. Um, but anyway, if if they don't, if Rush doesn't play, that certainly helps Manessa's chances to make the playoffs. It, it does. I mean, he, he's their all-everything. I mean, he runs the ball 30 times a game. He plays safety and makes probably about 15 tackles a game. So, I mean, he is everywhere for Mapletown. And it, you never want to see an injury like that, especially to a kid like Dylan Rush. I mean, very well respected. And, you know, he's been chasing records throughout throughout the year, even though Mapletown's kind yeah. of struggled most of the year. But... We wish him the best of health, well, obviously. Well, what it, what was explained to me was it was not a contact injury. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's something else. It's not um, concussion or anything like that. Um, we'll be back next week to preview the playoffs on the OR High School Football Preview Show, sponsored by Cohen Tire of Washington.